In 2016, a new Arrowverse show premiered on the CW. Featuring characters from The Flash and Arrow, it existed in the shadows quietly. However, it has since gained popularity and brought the three of us together to discuss the characters and their progression from season one. This week, capitalism was a red herring, more trauma for the trauma up, and shot, shot, shots of Carter's blood. Definitely don't call us heroes. We are the legends of next week. guys welcome to another episode of legends of next week i am one of your hosts hi i'm mary i'm one of your other hosts for this podcast and i am kate the third host of she her pronouns yes we all use she her pronouns and welcome to this week's episode of the legends of next week this week we will be discussing Season one, episode three, Blood Ties. So, to get this started, I forgot that this was a good episode. I did too. Uh, I thought it was one of the bad ones. <laughs> yeah, look at this was one. Um, I it's not one that really stood out to me, except for maybe a few things. But look, but having this rewatch now, it's it's a solid episode. Yeah, it really is solid. Uh, it's one because we talked about it had its two pilot episodes and this is kind of its first standalone it's also one of the first times it's really worked as an ensemble piece there's three plots going on during this episode and I feel like each of them gets the right amount of time yeah they all balance out really well I mean we open up I mean open up and start all together um we're in Leipzig in 1975 and then from there, we break off into the three separate sort of plots and then all kind of have this nice convergence at the end. Mm-hmm. But really where this episode starts, if we like want to like get into it, we jump all the way back in time to a set on ancient Egypt. They really tried to put some like Zack Snyder 300 cinematography into this where oh, just everything so is yellow. So true. <laughs> but to hide the cheapness. I also feel like they put in the nice little cloak on rip for the Jedi effect because yeah, that just screamed you are not one of it for me. <laughs> Je- can it, the Time Masters, it's a shame they can't Jedi mind trick, although maybe actually that's a good thing they can't Jedi mind trick. Oh, that would be bad. That would be that's when we get thing. to mind flashers. <laughs> They had to use the technology. It's like how the Inquisitors and in Star Wars Rebels, like they have the spinny sabers because they're not skilled enough to I love use actual sabers. lightsabers. I mean, yeah, they're fun. Oh my God. <laughs> Time Master Juice with the spinny helicopter lightsaber. <laughs> helicopter, helicopter. <laughs> Yes, we're we're back in ancient Egypt, which in the Arrowverse is a bunch of white people in eyeliner with a few people of color. Um, I don't even recall seeing those, to be honest. And um, we open on Vandal Savage, pre-Vandal Savage, as half set, and he has a visitor. He's praying, yeah, at the time when, like, you know, this visitor comes up to kill him. 
Yeah, so this kind of begs the question because I don't. Do they address this? When does he go to do this? Does he go? Does he do this before he talks to the uh, time masters? I. That's a good question. Um, I think he actually. We know because later he said later with Sarah she finds out. Wait, this isn't your first attempt to get them back. And when we see him open the pilot, we see a very seamless transition from um, Rip in the chamber, pleading for their help, and then going on to the waiver. I feel like he just like took the wave rider. He just he went, "Hey, can I get a hand?" They said no, and he's like, "All right, bye. I'm gonna do it myself." Yeah, I, I, have to, I have to agree with Kate because I, there's no way he just like said, "Okay." I feel like his thirst thing before going to the finding the legends was i'm gonna do this on my own and see if i can do it it's then when he realized he couldn't do it let me get help now see and that's what makes the whole legend speech even funnier was that he went and found all these people and said your legends would really you are my b plan Has Rip ever considered becoming a used car salesman? Because, hey, that was a really good speech he gave. Literally, they were Rip's only hope. (laughs) It's funny, the first person that roasts one of Rip's plans in this episode is Mick. Which, again, to me, and I was saying this when I was re-watching it um, to the others, Mick was much smarter in season one. Like, I feel like they yes. dumped him down, but like in this episode, he's like extremely smart and he's like, well, why are you even doing all this? And it's like, I kind of like that Mick. It's like, Mick can't be that dumb if he's helping Leonard Snart rob banks. But that's what I'm saying is um, Mick's intelligent kind of just flows depending on who's writing him. It does. Um, on the episode because like in this one like he has that very uh perceptive thing about len which you know, is like an emotional intelligence which also they also say mick has no not good at emotional intelligence but also in the same episode he's like what does thick mean and i do not believe that he doesn't know what that means yeah, i, I think feel he's, like I think he's, he's, being being a little, he's being a little smart there when he, he, is. he is he is yeah absolutely just like you know what he wants to be he, he's gonna insult me i'm gonna just act like this yeah this episode's written by berlanti guggenheim kreisberg the usual suspects like uh they're kind of the main like a lineup yeah <laughs> it wasn't actually that bad because again you you start off with the fight and that was a good fight i have to say like it's the first time you kind of yeah. get to see a full fight with um savage i yeah besides and, the crossovers yeah i have to say that um it's interesting how rip was gonna go at this loan he kind of wanted to keep all the legends on the ship because you had kendra still in the medical bay um there were jumps it's the first time actually too we hear about the jump ship and apparently rip hunter cannot distinguish the difference between an auto mechanic and a ship mechanic no I never said rip was smart <laughs> He, he honestly, Rip just does what Rip thinks is good for the moment. We he know never Miranda does think about it, really. But like Jackson's smart enough that I feel like he could figure it out anyway because he's just that smart. So Jack, yeah, absolutely, the underrated character here. Honestly, I I still want him back. 
Uh-huh. I, I miss Jax so much. Well, like when the 100th episode aired and we saw him again, I was like, oh, there he is. We're like, there he is. Even so when he's like, I can't him. fix a time ship. Yeah, we like, we well, saw if f- I get some wrenches. I remember we saw Franz behind the scene before the 100th episode. We're like, back for the sixth season and he didn't. And we were like, what? something else in this, like just to, because we're talking about Firestorm. Or, uh, I forgot that Stein is Stein is so rude. Like we he don't really talk is. about this. He's 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 absolutely just he's such damn. He, he does not let Ray catch a break. But I think nope. he's also a little bit intimidated by Ray because Ray is a very smart guy, and it's like, well, I have to con- compete with this other guy who's just as smart as I am, and I have to show them just as good. And but that I, and that comes later. He says he enjoys taking Ray down and yeah, I mean, he admits that pay. openly while lying to Ray again. <laughs> yeah, they got a problem with lying with lying on this ship. I, I think this could lead in very well. We talked about how there are three main plots. So we're team is left spinning, spinning its wheels because Carter's dead. R.I.P. Oh. Yeah, um, they Kendra's in the sick bay, um, currently convalescing because they yeah, need her sh- to kill Vandal. But like he says, there are shards of the dagger breaking off and traveling it's to really her heart. What? It's what? What in the iron? Weird what science. Is, what in the Iron Man is going on here? Like it's Honestly, one thing. But like I get dagger come on. I didn't see a breaking in that epi- the episode before. That's the weird part. I don't like, remember. It's four thousand years old, so it would probably crumble. But it's just weird. Honestly, you know what could have been interesting? Not that like we wanted to save Kendra. We needed that, but it would have been interesting if he stabbed Carter and the knife just disintegrated. So we would have to go find something else. Yeah, this that would have made more sense actually. But that kind of leads to one of our main three plot lines is Rip, uh, Rip, uh, Ray and Martin trying to save Kendra. And Ray says, well, I can shrink down and get the pieces out of her bloodstream, which honestly, the CGI of Ray in her bloodstream is not that bad. It, it reminded CW. me of the magic school bus, however, because I was yes. like, oh, let's go on our magic school bus through the human body. <laughs> and I was like, you know. Like, I'm glad that like, they were intelligent enough that they didn't like get lost. That would also have been weird. That would have been weird. That would have been. And then, and like, so like the first time, like, Ray, Ray basically got the yips, essentially. He froze up, his suit got damaged. And to be fair, this is kind of where the, opening where we talk about the trauma dumping comes on where we see a lot of trauma he remembers oh, yeah so much trauma because um, he like, remembers the promise that he made to his now dead fiance um we will really remember again. that um again i'm sorry they can't catch a break just... while dating ever yes until later because not only did he lose his fiance but he also lost felicity to oliver so this guy poor ray has no it's, luck it's really point. that one harry potter animaniacs meme mm-hmm. <laughs> it really is i'm so sorry i was thinking i had to look up because i forgot about the whole anna thing 
and that was Slade. That was Slade Wilson, which again, that was, that and was it was during the. Uh, and then they tried to give Which we then they tried to give Deathstroke like a redemption thing in Arrow. What was that? Arrow. I don't know. I mean, I love the actor, but no, no, please. I will. I have one. Um, one thing, and this is very. I'm a very detail oriented person for context. I was when I was watching this episode. I was like, okay, so they have her in like a gown, and usually, when you go, usually, I mean, you get socks with the gown. Have yeah, the hospital so gives you like, socks. Yes, you get socks, and this is not but like this is in general. If you go in for procedure, you get a gown and socks. Where are her socks? It's gotta be, listen. I listen. It's a metal ship. It takes a ton of heat to generate that. I don't think the temperature zone is like a. I don't think it's like go to Florida. No, I think it's like worse than Antarctica. It's space out there. Where are her socks? Come on, Gideon. Like, what are we doing? We couldn't expend. Socks well, Gideon be says, sexy, okay? You want to go there? <laughs> I'm gonna call him out. Yeah, I mean, you got a point. Well, because Gideon also says, like, they can't time jump any further because if Kendra goes through a time jump, she's going to die. Well, that actually was Lennon. <laughs> oh, right. Len yeah, was, was, was Len. Because Len was like, Len, yeah, Len was like, oh, and he spouts all this thing and he goes, oh, so we can't do this. And he goes, and Rip's like kind of surprised that he knows this. And he's like, I pay attention, which makes a lot of sense because Len does all the pay when they rob stuff so you know that and always i feel like to me. that does carry it a little bit too because um he knows when when so when sarah who is well versed in dealing with the i oh woe was me i have gotten people killed i must do everything alone she's dealt with this before yeah she's, she's got mm-hmm. she's gotten a master class now from all of her food yeah and she's kind of walk in the park yeah uh, so she's, she said oh sorry she's currently going through after the lazarus bit so she's going through that whole thing of where she has her bloodlust so she literally thinks she's a monster so she's currently going through all that yeah yeah definitely and so it's like a lot of trauma going on but if we just like quickly go back to the stein and ray thing when he can't um like he freezes up and he can't go through with it and we we talked about his trauma with Anna not trauma but it's this constant riff between well, Stein and he Ray he saw someone he well yeah because like I feel like it's this riff it's also the trauma because he literally said he saw them break her neck while he was on the ground with a broken leg mm-hmm. and he couldn't help her and he that awoke something in him yeah that's what caused him to create the atom suit yeah, here's a question. Why doesn't Stein mention Ronnie? Are we not allowed to say Ronnie? We are. Um, I feel like no, he I doesn't mean, like, mention Ronnie yeah. until later. Like, I feel like Martin could have used Ronnie, Which Ronnie as... About? Yeah, we're talking about Ronald, the original. Fires, part of 1.0. Yeah, um, but my point is um, he could have used the fact that he did lose a partner kind of connect with ray instead of being a jerk it's interesting he goes with the lie about remembering him from class yeah instead of hey i lost a partner too this we it's very hard and he could have just connected him on that way instead of being like 
by the way, I, I, yeah, I remember you, and I, I just need to take you down a peg. Hi. Yeah, because when Ray, maybe, oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Well, I was gonna say when um, Ray asked, "Why would you lie to me instead of just telling the truth?" Stein says, "Well, because you needed a boost. You needed a push. A golden boost. <laughs> a golden boost, indeed." honestly again i feel like there's a kind of similarity between rip and stein sometimes where they both feel the need to lie in order to get what they need or what they want or to push a person indeed and i feel that's something that kind of i feel like that's maybe something that we kind of see in all the legends eventually i feel like with time travel it kind of comes to you do kind of get a mentality that's like, hey, I can play with time. And then you have to, we see this with a whole bunch of time travel shows and that kind of mentality of lying to ensure your way starts to come through almost, and it almost is kind of on the manipulative side, really, when it starts to increase and like, increase. Yeah, I get lying to the people that you're kind of meeting when you time travel like those you can't tell them where you're from obviously but I don't get lying to your teammates and being like hey I'm gonna tell you this lie to get you to do something when you could have basically told the truth and probably got the same thing yeah because Stein even says um in that same moment when he's lying to Ray he does say something pointing up you couldn't save Anna Anna I'm gonna say Anna Anna in the past, but you can save Kendra now. Yeah, that was like his one truth moment. And it was really good because I feel like if he would have said that instead of the previous stuff, just that, it would have been fine. He wouldn't have had to tell the other thing he said. Yeah, it's. I think a lot of this episode, uh, which is very aptly named Blood Ties, um, is a lot about the struggle we... about. The struggle between in each like little third of the story is a struggle between kind of uh, an emotional side and kind of a more driven side the person with the plan because you see that in all the pairings if we go we'll save the best for last yeah we will uh, but that does bring know. us that brings us to the second good pairing i will say that um sarah and rip are also on a journey this well, episode. we have to talk about Rip's line in the episode that was oh so I don't want to say like hilarious or cringe it's like in the middle because <laughs> Rip says I've seen men of steel die and dark uh, dark nights I've seen men of steel die and dark nights fall which, uh, if you were watching this as it aired, uh, Batman v Superman came out the same year. This <laughs> debatably the worst time to be a DC Comics fan. <laughs> so- we were fighting for our lives out here that we, year. We were, we were just, we were, we were just going to air over silence. Well, don't you know it this wasn't episode? Really the place either. <laughs> This episode would have been resolved if they just had all mothers named Martha. It would have been fine. It would have been fine. <laughs> I have to say, though, but yeah, I was saying earlier, and uh, with the Rip and Sarah team of like Sarah's, I mean, Sarah's all over before, 
and she's now going through kind of her own self villain as a monster um and how rip is blaming himself and she she knows that maybe he should not go on his own yeah and, and she do- does she does come up with an awesome plan because she was a former assassin and Razzle Gould always had some plan going on. A former assassin for, and I wrote it down because Rip says Mr. Al Ghoul. It's yes. You, it sounds like he's calling him to his table at like an Appleby, Mr. Al Ghoul, your table is here. <laughs> what would you like for dinner, Mr. Al Ghoul? <laughs> Once again, we will talk about this later, but the whitest racial ghoul you've ever seen in a plethora of white racial oh, ghouls. The only we'll one we stand is Alexander Shidge from Gotham because he was actually appropriate casting. Yeah, we listen here on this pod, we support Gotham. Gotham was terrible, however, it got casting right. That's all we have to say on that for now. It is, it, it, it was cringe, but it made us free. It's true. Mm-hmm. I I have to say, um, there's when when they're going to the bank to um, get Savage's funds because Sarah points out, I was like, hey, um, getting money. He was selling the nuke. He needs the moolah. I remember there's we actually have like um, music from that airplane. It was like, man, remember we used to have the money to actually get music like this during episodes when we had the money to license songs that weren't. Cisco. <laughs> Which, uh, to be fair, like, I love that, that though. We're jumping ahead. That was a great moment, but I feel like they Jesus just paid spoilers. But I feel like we just paid Cisco like double what his cameo was, and he came. Like, that's yes, it. That's basically it. But, but the like, fact that, yeah. To that point of, because Sarah says, like, money is power. Is without all his money, Vandal Savage is just a guy. And I think for, uh, I think that's hilarious. If this plan had worked, Vandal Savage just being a guy working a nine to five or retail job to save enough money to take over the world. No, no, no. Vandal Savage has to work at Home Depot. (laughs) Oh man, I was going to say Target. Either one is good. Well, at least I don't know if I can say brand names actually, but I see it more depth or whatever he's working at a superstore. Like, not getting paid for this, though. It's a guy. I feel God. I was well, we all saw what happens when you put an assassin to work in a store in season three, season three spoilers. Oh, but the fact that like they're going into this bank and Rip's trying to, I guess, hack that computer that looks like a computer i had as a teenager yes i am the oldest one here so he tries to hack into that sarah has her sherlock moment mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway sorry a, a, a wave of cringe just passed through the hosts uh, <laughs> but she like right away she notices that something is not right like she's just looking around saying this is such a good sarah scene yeah we'll give like sarah's so good because she's like so many when she's like the receptionist had a silenced beretta under her desk and the guards are south african yes this guy has the same calluses you know that 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 whole scenario also reminded me of the show psych where he could focus on one thing and she did the same thing she did the same thing like zoom in on the scar 
of the assassin and i'm like that is such a sight thing and i love that that show so much yeah but but i feel like they got it from that actually where they just zoom in and they zoom in on the beretta so it's it's awesome and then and then when they try to like walk out quietly sarah throws a knife and i automatically just kills this woman i think this woman's not getting up she threw a knife into her ribs she she like went and it went straight she just put Rip was gonna talk his way out. Sarah just pushes him inside and went murder. Oh, it's such a good Sarah fight because that is again we can still afford licensed music. Yes, yes, and like again, you have the guy that they kidnapped before all of this with a sword. So it's just oh, he's still so fighting. Good. Um, we kidnap him later. Oh, yeah, they had, they had That's a, correct. Yeah, because Sarah's. Bloodlust came out and she almost killed him, but Rip just let y'all stop. And you know, she did, which good, good for her. And such a good they, they, to, uh, they gotta bring it, they gotta bring him back. And that's when Sarah has her, she tells Rip that, hey, this is what this, the lot, you didn't do your Lazarus Pit research, did you? Huh? And yeah. Then Rip, yeah, there side Lazarus effects. Pit. And then when we were forgetting a good fact that Rip did find a one fact, and I forgot what it was called, but he he found out they they were they had something where he like we have to find out what this was. Maybe you can figure out the name because it just left my brain. Oh yes, it was the vessel because there was yes, some asset that vessel. was called the vessel, which we end up is revealed during. Um, I don't know if it was the first or second interrogation, but the vet, but um, this this guy, um, he who tells them who identifies her as Garib, and basically yes. Garib is for Vandal's followers, Garib is a monster under the bed, but they're not I really scared that. of him. I- and eventually, they say they're saying, oh. The vessel is Vandal's most prized possession, Prince Khufu's remains, but you know him as Carter Hall. I'm just laughing at Vandal telling them while they're tucked in bed about the story. Like, I'll tell you a little this story is, about Karib. This is what I find so interesting is that in the, like, um, Mr. Blake, he says, I keep wanting to call him Thomas Blake. He's not, I'm so sorry, Catman. I'm a Secret Six fan read the secret six that's just all yes. i have to say on that this is not who that man is but anyway blake is just like he's aware of all of this past history with vandal savage and he's and rip and he says every great story needs to have a shadow and a villain to a dark character to the side and that's rip in this story as opposed yeah, to vandal who is the villain in everybody's part and again it's not saying that like well, maybe everybody's a hero and a villain because obviously Mandel Savage is a genocidal maniac. Um, but it's interesting just in this um, show debating that age-old question of his- history is written by the victors. And Mandel yes. Savage came out of that fight a winner. He did. Even. So Absolutely. he gets to tell the story of Garib. And honestly, again, I feel like he also did tell the story to his followers just to put a little bit of fear like, you don't follow me. This guy might come after you. And man, that would have been so, so interesting of like a Garib that's the boogeyman. 
for yeah well i mean they all knew who he was he's their chronos little little jedi boogeyman but also what i find really interesting is that they know him as carter hall because if i remember correctly kendra shout out carter we didn't know his last name i feel like vandal does research because i'm one one but this is 1975 too which is likely before carter i I, I mean, I can't be 100 sure, but I think it's before Carter Hall is born. Well, yeah, and it, well, it begs the question. I don't, I didn't tip off at this point, but that tipped me off this time. I was like, wait a second, how does he know this? Is this is this a writer thing or is this something else? Well, well, I feel like that also goes into what happens later on, and maybe he has knowledge because of a certain thing that we will not go into now. Yeah, because. It's interesting that you bring that up. It was um, how does he know who Carter Hall is? Because surely there's a different Kendra and um, Carter running around right now because it's the 70s. We don't know like where they are or what. It's a groovy time. Just, or just their names. Groovy. We yeah, we don't know their names at this point. But again, given the knowledge we have later in this season, I have a feeling he was given certain things but this episode like this moment talking about blood ties it has a lot of really great moments between rip and sarah which i had forgotten how well developed like their friendship was that ship (laughs) and if you were around it was a ship sorry kate just put something in the chat that's a spoiler for a future episode please stick around for our wild wild west birthday episode coming in a few months I'm so sorry. Uh, no, fair. Well, <laughs> now I don't remember anything. Oh, I also just wanted to point out that during that fight scene, this isn't relevant to anything, but that fight scene with Blake and Sarah, he says, wow, you brought a knife to a sword fight. What yes. is that? Usually you don't bring from... a knife to a gunfight, but no, you changed that to us. It's giving arrow and its inability to write human dialogue it's, it's true it's true it's, it, it, this listen at the time that was the culture that was the meme going around but it's i I, I do love that sarah's just able to tell that he does wield the sword by his hands and everything she just has all that knowledge and she's it's so good because if she didn't join him and tell him all this thing you know Rip would be dead by the end of this episode. Yeah, exactly. Because when he says, um, when Blake talks about how Rip escaped from Vandal Savage, Garib didn't manage to kill him. When Rip tells Sarah about it, he says, it wasn't that I couldn't kill him. Uh, like physically, I just looked him in the eyes and I couldn't do it. I hesitated. He wonders about why do I hesitate when I know this man has killed and will kill my wife and son and so many other wives and sons. And that's he says a, that's that what makes a great line. He yeah. says that's what makes you a monster is seeing something wrong. Or he says specifically having the chance to avenge somebody and not doing it makes you a monster, which is an interesting perspective it, to it Sarah. It really is because she she says you want to talk about being a monster and she literally goes i have this need to kill people 
and she constantly has to kill people because it's just this need she has like again it ties into the episode she has this need it's kind of like a bloodlust of to kill it really is um something interesting to point out just from the way rip and sarah are talking it's not that neither either one of them is fully correct about themselves and how they behave but it gave me this moment of rip is a jerk and he is one for his entire three seasons but there's this sense of rip um that's so full of hope in a way he has lost everything and Mm -hmm. he's a liar and he does terrible fraud and he screws up but there's something about rip that he still has this very tiny beacon of hope to him i mean he even goes up to his enemy and he goes this is why i'm coming after you which i'll have a theory about this that he probably shouldn't have done this but he goes Yes, this is why so, I'm after you. It's I'm it's after another... you because you killed my wife and my child. And then he asked them him their name. That's a great scene. And I think it's another one that's kind of it's like I said last episode when I was talking about Kendra saying to Carter. I think when Rip did this, like he knows it's futile. He knows, but this is but they pers like he, he cannot kill Savage. He knows this now. At this point, he cannot kill Savage. And I think, but he still, he wants his pound of flesh. Mm-hmm. Speaking of pounds of flesh, as we move to the next scene, we find out that this event that Rip and Sarah snuck into. Um, first of all, before we get to this great moment of Rip and Sarah pretending to be drunk and trying to find a oh, bathroom. Oh, yes, that was great. Good that stuff. was great. That's like I love that app. And she takes again a little shippy moment there ever. too, especially and especially when he dances with her and she's like he's Ooh, like yeah you, you you're a good dancer and it's just like there's this chemistry. They did have yeah. some like good chemistry, whether you were yes dipping it romantically or not. They they really played well off of each other, and you can tell even just in this third episode how. Rip isn't a great captain, but Sarah is learning how she. Yeah, I I definitely feel you can see a sprinkling of like Sarah will become the captain. He's finding his future successor in a way, whether he realizes it or not. Yeah, because Sarah is not a leader by this point at all. (laughs) Sarah is not equipped to lead anyone, but she's the first step in that is learning from others. And she's She's doing her best in her circumstances. Yeah, and not just learning from others is that she's supporting Rip. Mm-hmm. And she's accepting the support that he gives to her. And well, then, they both need it when they find out what's in that room that the guards are guarding. Yes, they go into the room and they find Carter's body laid out on all these candles. And then that Weasley-looking guy from the second episode comes yeah, in. Yeah, this guy was like, in. He looks like the penguin. This man has oh, been he does in. does not look like Robin Lord. Well, fun fact, he has been in 24 episodes of Riverdale. Wow. Oh, wait, was he Dr. Curl? Yeah, he's Dr. Curl. Oh, my God! Shout out to that man. He plays plays creepy. Sir, you play creepy well. It's like they gelled his hair into seven perfect spikes in front of his forehead. 
did. It was like, Les, wait, is this long is, is enough? He off is it head? correctly yes, straight? You know. But he's he does look creepy. That guy's like attention. my master is here. <laughs> he's the he's little Igor. Renfield. He is definitely in Renfield. Yeah, he is. is he because as we learn, what are we doing with Carter's body? Um Randall says Jack the Ripper um taught me how to slice the cartoid artery and then he just starts pouring his blood into uh, a holy chalice and passing it around like it's and then he goes i learned that more immortality was only for me but i could extend my followers for like 100 years or so with just a taste once again we are diluting. That's a bad choice of words. We are diluting. <laughs> no, it's not. Vandal Savage's origin in the comics, because at least in like the current run, or in the last ten years or so, Vandal Savage, it's revealed in his caveman origin that he had intestinal cancer as a caveman and didn't know it, obviously. And so throughout his life, Vandal Savage is plagued by all these pains and so what he does to fix this is he uses his own kids and their descendants as living and unwilling organ donors it's it's not you yeah in one comic it's roy harper and his kid because my point is in in the comics do they mention him knowing Jack the Ripper is that just for the show? Because that there is there are some comics point. that say he was Jack the Ripper. <laughs> That's interesting. That Here's actually what, is what interesting. It, that makes what, a lot of sense actually with the organ thing. Make, yes, it would not because um, I think I speak for us all. We are all also true crime buffs here, so we were now Jack the Ripper. That is a awful, awful story. What happened to those oh, women? Yes. Regardless, still I would like to say that once again. Well. We fridged Carter quite literally to, to which, further which, everyone else's development. Yes. Again, but that's like a, a reversal because usually they fridge a woman. This time they fridged well, a they man. Fridged, well, let's not f- say they're being super progressive. We fridged no, they're not. the Hunter in the first three minutes. That's true. We fridged Ray's fiance. I feel like we fridged her. We fridged arrow. Sarah, <laughs> but then we fixed it. Did we? <laughs> we almost fridged she came, Kendra. She came, she came back wanting to kill. I mean, I don't know. I think just a little. I mean, maybe could we have the resurrection without a side of murder? That'd be nice. A monkey's paw. Yes, and then yeah, so, and, so he, and like, I hate to say that Vandal does look good. So messy. Listen, I'm so gonna messy. say it right now. You can all roast me. I think. Casper Crump looks real good as Vandal Savage in this scene. His little ponytail is so much better than that hideous messy bun that Sarah is wearing at the beginning of this episode. She's wearing this stupid little bun in the back of her head that it's not holding the hair out of her eyes. It's not holding her hair up in the back. It just there. (laughs) It it looks like a little doorknob. Honestly, though, if if you want more Casper goodness, you follow him on Instagram. He's always like <laughs> camping. He is he's a good looking man. I'm just saying. You are correct, and I, I feel I feel. And so what we have is like last conf- confrontation. Um, like Rip goes ahead and he stabs Vandal here, knowing it's fruitless. But 
it's not just him and Sarah dealing with this. They get some help. And I feel like that's a really good, is this a good time to bring in our third plot point? Let's bring in a third plot oh, point. This is, I do have this more to say, time. but it will do better when we've gone through all three storylines. So now we get to the creme the best de la part creme ever <laughs> of this episode. The best for the last. So when uh, Rip and Sarah says, ah, so we need to break into this bank. Somebody say bank. <laughs> and then you have, and then it's, it's a, it's and I, when I want you, twice. I'll just ask Rip is and like have- really me to Leonard. I just, I have to say yes. this. Like he's like, bank and he goes what i need you <laughs> because he takes leonard at face value he literally takes him for what it's on his resume he is a criminal he is a thief he doesn't and as we've seen in the flash he didn't really give two crafts about killing someone with the cold gun mm-hmm. now that changed once barry allen talked to him and you know we had some a little bit of development mm-hmm. but we know that like rip has asked jacks to fix the jump ship the jump ship is separate from the wave rider and you can go to the jump ship anywhere you want and it works pretty much the same way that the wave rider does but you need a certain device to use it which is the whole reason for Leonard and Mick's little show there with Rip and getting and they get close enough that Leonard just slips his hand in and gets an access key so then they go down to say and decide to get into some corruption business well i feel like they're trying to sweet talk jacks though they go into this to be like wow you really know a lot about this jump ship and he's like well i read the manual but i also love this because i'm like good boy i've got to interrupt you jack's reading that he's the wave rider manual man you know that even rip hasn't read that thing you know he didn't he didn't he didn't what time traveler reads a manual Nobody. Nobody. But I do love that this is the first kind of big brother moment that he has with Len and Mick because oh. I felt like there was like a certain thing with them three going on for a couple is episodes. There anything you so care sweet. about? Yeah, because he says, is there anything you care about more than yourself? Money? Yeah. But then he goes, I'm after a certain jewel. And he's not really telling Jax what he needs. He's just like, well, don't you want to take this for a spin? It's kind of g- telling a kid, don't you want to take this like 1969 Firebird and just like go on the highway and drive without anybody at the top speed? Uh, I I love Jax with Len and Mick and I, it was underutilized because really they're, they work so well together. Because so uh. Len and Mick take the time ship back to Central City um, a few years later, and Len ends up stealing this. It was, they, were in the, they were in the same time. It was uh, 1975. They were still in That's right. Yeah. Thank you. Thank They're you in 1975. Um, picks up this emerald, and Jack's like, all right, we got our stupid rock. We should go. But like, guys, we're out past curfew. Well, and he's like, so oh, wait. God's not going to be happy wait. when we get yeah. there. And he's like, wait, I have one more thing I need to do. And and then, like, even Mick is kind of like, do you really want to go where you're going? Because I think Mick knows. But yes, he's like, does. do you want to go there? Do and you want to go there? Really interesting because it's not a massive thing but this is the first time that we really see um Leonard and Mick kind of have a disagreement about the timeline 
which ends up factoring in kind of later on to what happens later on the season is that Mick thinks it's a bad idea. He's like, hey, uh, you're screwing with the timeline now. But Leonard doesn't care. He had he what we we've known that when we know the steps Leonard's smart plan and he is currently in execute plan. But it's interesting you bring that up because it's not just Mick's, hey man, you're screwing up the timeline. It's also the first time we've seen Mick within like Legends canon, not the Flash or whatever. It's also the first time we've seen Mick show real emotional intelligence. Yes, yeah. And, and I think he's worried he says, about Mick too. I mean, I think he's he, worried about Lana. He well. says, Len, like, he's the one that says, that's why you wanted to steal this emerald. And Len says, hey, shut up. And he says, you want to go and give that back to your old man so he doesn't go back to Iron Heights. So he doesn't go to Iron Heights, right? It's, and Len I, doesn't I, want to answer him. There is a, I, I mean, I know, I know Mick was already in Iron Heights and it, there's always a thing of he took care of Leonard once he came in because he was a little bit younger than Mick mm-hmm. currently was. Mm-hmm. So he's used to taking care of Leonard and he knows what Lewis Snark did to his son. So he's kind of also going on the fact of, do you want to go back to the place that like kind of just messed you up? Mm-hmm. Do you want to go here? But it's Leonard. Like, oh, sorry. I was just going to add quickly to that point it's, as well as the, you don't want to go back there and screw it up. But I think it's also a rare moment of vulnerability of Mick saying, but if you go back and you don't, and your dad doesn't go to prison, do we ever meet each other? That's then true, I because it's like... My future. Yeah, I mean... Really? I feel like, in a way, things would have still laid out the way there are, because Lewis Snart was never a good man. I feel like, no matter what, he probably would have ended up in jail somehow. He says specifically... But the main difference that Len says is that I did, I was never man of the year, but he didn't start hitting me and my mom until he came back from prison. And we know from the flash, we know from the flash that Barry actually got his file and said that Lewis snart was really abusive to Len, like beyond abusive. Mm -hmm. This man like should have had his kids taken away. And the, and the thing is, like, we the reason he didn't, I remember in first season of The Flash, when we first meet Leonard Sart, Joe West says, yeah, I knew, yeah, his father was a crooked, it was a bad cop. Yeah. And through the system, that's how Lewis is able. Which it, it begs the question of kids. why didn't Joe West go, like, we need to take these kids from him. I don't know yeah, when Joe's years. I don't know how much overlap there is in Joe's career and Leonard's career, though, unfortunately. I don't know that. But I find it interesting when they actually go into the house, you see Leonard just going through. He creeps in. Um, and good he's, set design. A lot of good set design. It's a design. really great. You can, see, you can see that there's all the warning signs. You see the cars on the table. You see that, the beer bottles everywhere. That, that, he, that, he, that he has this instinctive to go pick up. And he stopped, he he snatches his hand away at the last minute. It's true. I never saw Leonard. Like, you don't see Leonard drink that much, to be honest. You don't. No. You also see, like, with the crayon, like, there's beer bottles, like, in the living room. But you can see, like, with the crayons, it's like kids' crossword puzzles. There's a little teddy bear And a kid's brain teaser book. We talk about Leonard was a very smart kid. He was a smart kid. And then, yeah. oh, and then 
I just came down for a glass of water. My name's Leo. Are you a friend of my dad's? That kid was so good. That kid was so amazing. That you can see, and what was such a good job with this? Like you can see, like he sees himself before he was before the world got him. He sees that innocent kid, and that's why he goes and he he leans down and he tells Leo those important words. Oh God, that that just breaks my heart. He says. Leo, I want you to tell you something important, okay? Don't ever let anybody hurt you. Not here, and he points to his head, or here, and like puts his hand on his chest. And especially not here. And I I feel like he did take that to heart. Because you see that Leonard tries not to care. He tries not to care about the legends. He then says, no matter what, you always have to look out for yourself. Which he yes, breaks his this. own thing later on, but like I want to talk about this because he's such a uh, snart. Wentworth Miller puts so much into this performance. Just like you can see when he looks at him, it's this bitter, not bitterness, but it's just this like despair of I had some. This was all taken away from me, and I can never get it back. And yeah, so you when could Lewis see snart, the emotion. Like, shows up in the scene which also when he when they do that little commercial break and he sends him upstairs and lewis snart like pushes his hand on the little like the old um yes on the dining room table and it spins around i was gonna talk about that such good cinema cinnamon topography i love that because you're seeing the light in the dark the light in the dark reflect on leonard's face and that kind of is indicative of his changing status as a person he doesn't he's not he's He's act- we're going to see that he's moving away from this criminal figure and into a legend and dare I say hero because he tells Lewis Snart listen I got you your stupid emerald and he basically tells him all this stuff about the future but you know what's really interesting he spends this time telling Leo listen you have to look out for yourself you can't look after anybody else and the first one of the only things he says to Leo is that uh, our Yeah, Lewis is my favorite thing. The only reason you're still alive is because I want my sister to be born. And he really cares about Lisa. And he looks out for Lisa. We miss Lisa Snart. I miss Lisa Snart so much. (laughs) Not to divulge this podcast, but Lisa, (laughs) please. (laughs) We miss you. Me too. This is our sleepless in Seattle moment. Please, <laughs> we're out here. Just begging. And that- Leonard goes out and they're like, well, you're still here. And then Len's like, well, it takes time to change. They nope, go- Len doesn't say that. Mick oh, says it. Oh, yeah, He's sorry, like, I'm- yeah, Mick says I'm it. Sorry. He, he was expecting Leonard to disappear because of everything. Well, what's in? Yeah, because Jack says, "Are you sure you want to screw with history to Len?" And Len says, "Well, history screwed with me first. Yes, that is also what's another good line. And I feel like that at that point, so Jack knows where Leonard's coming from. He goes, "Okay, I understand why he did what he did. I get it now. I get why he wanted to do this." It's just, it's such a good scene. It's only like three minutes of this it's whole like episode. The best it, it scene. Is. 
just a powerhouse of a performance because then at the end after we've gotten our vandal savage update which we'll get to at the end well not not much has changed um but snart asks so hey computer to gideon uh why i want the current timeline i went and changed she says well yes two days after he got the emerald he tried selling it to an undercover cop and yeah, so Louis Snart will always he she goes it, it will always be the same kind of that Lewis you cannot change that thing characters. because of who he is. Mm-hmm. Which also brings us back to that vandal moment where Rip tells him the name of his wife and his son, and I'm still like why did he tell him? Because it feels like he brought it on his family because he didn't know who they were until that moment so he's like this guy keeps on bothering me throughout time i need to pay him back but that's why i think it's so interesting to compare that with the len scene Mm -hmm. it is because rip and len both try to change their pasts for the good of themselves yes but also for the people around them and it still doesn't happen and you can tell like Len and Rip are always at odds with each other. They're kind of they're pretty similar. They are. They Just really that are. Len similar. actually can do plans. Oh yeah. No. But th- that's also a good contrast is Rip went in, I don't have a plan. I'm going to go stab this man. I got it. Don't worry. I got it. And Len and has this very calculated let's be plan. Honest, we've all been there before. We all I ain't going to go in the museum. And really yeah. I'm going to go into this museum. podcast. Yeah, I'm going to go into this museum, steal this gem, and then go back in time to give it to my father so he never ends up in the iron tank. Yeah, and he does have a plan. Laid out, and two days from now, you're going to go to prison because you try to steal this. Blah, 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 blah. Here are all the things that happen. And even with that well-calculated plan, compared to Rip's no plan, time still happens. Yeah, And it brings us back to the last episode where Rip says, time changes. But people don't. Yeah, and then I also think if time's gonna, time wants to happen too. Yeah, and here's so that brings the question: Is Leonard's fault? So could we say that? Is it kind of one of these? Is so the the question is almost actually no. Never mind. I was gonna say, is it a fixed point? Is like, wait, no, it's not a fixed point. That's not how that works. It it might kind of be. I mean, I mean, it's not as huge as like the assassination of in or whatever but i feel like there's smaller fixed points that you can never change something or it's like what uh rip says in the first episode is like once time cements there's nothing it's a fixed that point can, that yeah. no one cared about except for one man yeah exactly and it's like kind of the cementing of time it already happened how much can you change this because it already cemented yeah i, I was thinking too exactly (laughs) Uh, I was kind of thinking just about this idea of I remember one of the critiques for season one was that it took a long time to get nowhere and I do see that point of spoiler for most of these episodes it ends with well Gideon how's the timeline and she says well Vandal Savage will still rise to power and murder everyone we hold here but in each episode, there are these little moments of yeah. change. And I do feel like, again, even though she's telling them that, 
it's like sometimes it's the little change that can change something like for the future something that might work they don't know yet so they gonna keep on trying at least but yeah because by the end of this episode um they have this uh a team comes in rip and sarah about to die by vandal savage and making len and jacks run in and, and jacks doesn't have his powers he's jacks, just jacks he's at this point people. and he's for punching him. people and wailing on him i took that firestorm he just jacks and he's just jacks like, is just that's like my um, firestorm right there oh uh, jacks is so good he really is so like is this fun. is a stan jacks to- podcast like rips it's also this interesting moment of rip stabs vandal savage and they both know he's not gonna die forever and he gives Vandal the name of his wife and son. And he says, well, I'll be sure to look them up in the future. Quick side note. I think, obviously, the be- um, best scene in this episode. So instead of our usual highlight of episode, it was that entire 15-minute thing on the snart scene. Yeah. And, I, and again, I still wonder, because he says, I will remember their names. Is that why he searched for them? I'm it is. I have a and question. it's like, Does- did he cause all this? Does Vandal Savage have his own little burn book where he writes down the name? Oh, of he totally does. Or he is totally like a does. death note sort of thing? Does he write down? No, all no. The it's he's like the kill. It's the book from Mean Girls, and he wears pink on. It's definitely like what do you think was in that bank? The oldest bank in the world. It's just his list of beef with historical figures. But yeah, I, I was gonna say, list. like my other highlight of this whole episode. Um, we can go back to finishing it up is outside of that snart scene it's just that Casper Crump when he's doing his vandal evil monologue is so it's ridiculous everything they make him do in this is ridiculous and he is chewing that scenery he really is, he is and I, 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 I would love second. to have him back and the way he's just spitting when he tells Rip, I will yes. look forward to And he just your looks wife. so disheveled. It's Absolutely. Just... This is a man who is going to... But they you're, also... You're going to regret everything. If you were, you're going to regret messing with them. And he makes that very clear. Yes. Because that's but what But they he also get what they want, too. So it's good. Yeah, it's not just that Vandal Savage is fun villain because, whoa, he's good in a fight and he'll stab you. It's that he says, like, there's one thing I've learned in 4,000 years, it's patience. Yeah. So it's Vandal Savage is that that meme of the snail that's slowly coming to kill you. And you can run away, but as soon as the sna- snail touches you, you're going to die. That's that's what Vandal Savage is. But, but like, I, I'm just glad that even though one plan did not work, they came out with what they wanted, which was Carter's body. So they got Carter's body. Exactly. And that's what I say to circle back to all of this is every episode feels like ends with Vandal Savage will still rise and murder everyone. It's the small victories of we have Carter's body, we bury him and Professor Boardman, and Kendra's okay. Yes. Yep, she's... And then like, and we, we have the, that... Come back to me, which they always say to each Yeah, other. and then we have that kind of funeral for Carter where she's like, yeah, you have the whole group there and like they have the whole group there and one by one they leave except for Kendra and I think it was uh, Ray and um, Martin. I don't remember mm-hmm. if Rip stayed but it was like the two of them and her. 
It Rip says at the in his eulogy, we learn that one alone cannot save the world. Which I found was really interesting because usually in these moments, it's one person can make a difference. And I think while Legends does a lot of the, yeah, one person can make a difference, it's also Teamwork just makes that, the dream work. Yeah, like in, in order for true change or for things to change, you have to work through it with people. You can't work through this alone. And it's, it's always work with love. Love is always the constant theme of Legends, which I always enjoy. Yeah, we see that in the Rip and Sarah of both of them understanding and feeling the other's pain. We see it through Ray and Stein. You see, we see it Mick through and Len. Mick and Len and Len with himself. Yes. It, this episode really the uh, as I said at the top of this episode, it's very well balanced. Everyone gets the right amount of screen time. Yeah, again, it always surprises me on rewatch because you always say, well, season one wasn't that great. This is one of the ones that actually is pretty good on the second viewing. Yeah, and we end with that, with they, them saying that they're going to jump to the 80s and then Ray's like, oh, but I get our parachute pants. And the moment that I absolutely resonate with Jackson's with, What's parachute pants? I resonate with that. You know what? That's how I feel with you guys half the time. Because you're like, what's that? (laughs) Yeah, fun fact. Kate and I are around this are about the same age and Eden is I'm like Leonard and Mick's age, probably. And Ray's. Yeah, we're probably current Jack's age. (laughs) Your ear Jack's. Listen, I listen. I'm gonna have words about the Jack's timeline. But like um, all you have to see the MC Hammer for parachute pants. That's all you need to know is that picture of MC Hammer with those pants. We could have just look up the pants. (laughs) We could have afforded MC Hammer during this to touch this. (laughs) While it's like can. pointing at Carter's body, we could have afforded that mention. <laughs> but yeah, no. If you if you're very curious about parachute pants, but I don't think that really was a big thing in the '80s. Seriously, I don't think it was that big. So, unless Ray just liked really like parachute pants. So we think, <laughs> as of right now, this is probably the best episode thus far in the season. We'll do a ranking of our favorite and quote-unquote best episodes overall. I think this is much better than either of the pilot episodes. Oh, for sure. Oh, absolutely. It's the pilot gets you hooked. This keeps you going. Yeah. Um, so... We're going to move into a short little segment of, our, of this one. Uh, who wants to take it away? Well, we thought it would be fun, quote unquote, to really track uh, Legends of Tomorrow's timeline. As it's difficult an as it is. But we figured with all of us together listening and watching, we could be able to piece this timeline together. So starting back in the pilot, we're gonna we're going to make a note of every place that we go and what time. Yeah. Well, they were still in the 70s, though. Yeah. Yeah, this whole time we have been in the year 1975. Um 
So we start out in St. Rome. We 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 are currently in Leipzig, Germany. We visited Central City. We have also was it Finland or Norway we were in last episode for the Norway. I think it was Norway, but I could okay. be wrong. We were also in Ivy Town, which is approximately the U.S. equivalent of Connecticut, right? Yeah, I think so. Something like that. So I, I and was it? I don't know if I'm correct. It was like a couple months. Yeah, we were also in Philadelphia, um, Louisiana. It was Pittsburgh, I think. Yeah, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, St. Roque, Central City, Tibet, um, Star City. Um, What era are the Time Masters in? Uh, The Time Masters are very, it's a very undisclosed era because what's interesting to me, Spoilers for future run. So we know they go up to 2175, 77. That's the cap of the limit they know, which also brings the questions like, how much is time master? How much of time do the time masters know? How much do they have do, knowledge of? Do because the time in- masters remember how they said like the Mayan calendar was supposed to end in? 2012 but realistic oh, yeah. like they oh, just that's interesting yes that's an interesting thought does like, the, what if they just that. ran out of room it's like fun or, story. or because show. because of the uh stuff that happens and they don't know about it they're gone so so rip's family bite the dust in 2166 oh yeah we gotta get um it was white chapel they lived in right mm-hmm. yes it was london Another fun, fun fact. That's also where Jack the Ripper was. I know. They like to have hey, these little connections. It all comes full circle. Tom is a flat circle. I thought we shot every time I say that during this podcast. Maybe we so should do that one day. Of, <laughs> no. If, if you know, you know. All right. So we're in, where are all the places we go in 1975? All right. So we have our timeline right now. We're 21, six, I'm going to start from farthest in the future to oldest. So in 2166, we're in London. See? 2016, we're in St. Roach, Central City, Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. Tibet, Star City. Yep. Do we go anywhere else in 2016? Not that I know of. Not but- at, not in, no, unless you count the random dock. We're not gonna count the random dock. Star City. Oh, see, what's happening to Martin's slides car right now? Did someone get it towed? You know, somebody stole it. Somebody stole her husband. Chris is finding out her husband is missing again. Ooh, ooh, baby, he left word with Cisco that he needs to pick up his car. (laughs) He left the note of the car to stick it up. Call sis, please call Francisco Ramon if you find this. Oh, I totally believe that. And yeah. then, so in 1975, we're in Ivy Town, St. Leipzig, Germany, and Norway. And St. Roque again, because that's and where Saint they Yeah, St. Roque, because they go see uh, Professor Gordon. Mm-hmm. I have to say, considering St. Roque is the equivalent of Louisiana, um, they kind of nailed it. They did yeah, a better job with that budget. than Egypt. Once again, yeah, like we're not using Zack Snyder lighting, so it's a little better. Uh, we also go to Central City in 1975. Yes, we did. Which, uh, wh- how old would you say Len was? Probably like seven there, right? 
I looked up the kid who played Leo Snart to try and figure oh. that out. And I've, I've lost so my He would have been kind of older than me. Okay. I, I don't know. He was on Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Ooh, interesting. Somebody. So okay. that's where we are in our timeline. If we've missed anything and did um, something dumb, uh, please let us know. Please nicely. Please let us nicely know. Uh, please again. Yeah. We're we're here for your enjoyment and just to have fun. So yeah, we're gonna. If, yeah, we will share this document or we'll post an updated version on our Twitter as we go along. We'll try and make this our reoccurring to try That's and chart handle all the places we go. And you guys so can, can always comment if we left something out again. Please this do. is your podcast as well. So, final thoughts from the episode, ladies. <sighs> it is the best episode thus far. One of those episodes, excellent fight sequences. I really enjoyed the plot. It's been a while since I watched this. And um, honestly, I have better memories of it now than I did then. Um, honestly, this episode always gives me Leonard feels to no end. Because Miller. <laughs> Yeah, Wentworth Miller, again, always breaks my heart in that one scene. And and the kid's really good, too. Just breaks my heart because you know what Leonard Snart went through. And you could feel it. And you it just hurts so much. It's good angst, but it hurts so much. And this is, like, this is actually one of my favorite Len moments. Yeah. There's all of that. I think everyone in this episode, because it's such a well-balanced episode, everyone has time to shine except Kendra, which is kind of sad. I know she's unconscious for most of it. Mm -hmm. But uh, even at the end, I think that little moment of come back to me. Yeah. Really sweet. and I feel like she gets more during that Western scene episode that we'll get to later. I feel like that was like a good- There is really good Kendra Kendra content on the way it just in this episode um but even uh it's hard to find content when um you have their when your character is um lying unconscious about to die. not wearing socks she's just gonna catch it cold listen, i mean I just, listen listen everyone deserves a nice pair of socks albus dumbledore got a lot of things right but he's right about socks you mean he got things wrong. Wrong. I'm sorry. It's, I'm sorry. Dumbledore stand okay. over here. Okay. Oh. This is this no. is a funny joke of no. theory. Maybe Kendra doesn't have socks because Wave Rider has a house elf somewhere. And he might get it. Oh. That's good stuff. I'm trying to no, see what I believe in Dumbledore wrongs. Dumbledore wrongs. Sorry. No. Um uh, Screw J.K. Rowling. What's our stance? Yes, we're on not. Here? We're not fun. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think that's a good roundup for this episode. Definitely the best episode of the season so far. We'll do a ranking as we go. There are some really good episodes coming. Coming up next week. Just um, mark your calendars. We will have a special guest star. Our first. Uh, we'll that up. I'm hoping. Hopefully many. Out. <laughs> uh, one of our good friends will come on and we'll be discussing White Knights episode four. So if you want to watch along with us, be sure and have that watched by next time. But in the meantime, I'm Mary. I'm Kate. And I'm Eden. And we are the legends of next week. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>